for the non for the non triathletes, a triathlete was just popped for EPO. For you cyclists, you're used to this happening, so you're like, oh, another <laughs> one was popped. Yeah, if you're a cyclist, all the triathletes like, ah. right now are like, oh my gosh, someone was busted for EPO. First person ever to dope in triathlon. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. Today, we're talking about dopers. Doping is not dope. Not dope at all. You know, it's one of those things that nobody really wants to talk about because it's really a bummer. Mm -hmm. But it kind of, it has to be talked about. Everyone just kind of like, oh, I think a lot of people are over this whole Colin Chartier thing. For the non, for the non triathletes, a triathlete was just popped for EPO. For you cyclists, you're used to this happening. So you're like, oh, another <laughs> one was popped. Yeah, if you're a cyclist. All the like, triathletes ah. right now are like, oh my gosh, someone was busted for EPO. First person ever to dope in triathlon. Which is not, but. Correct. We're just going to talk a little bit about our thoughts, feelings on the whole thing, and then kind of how we handle things like this on the front end mm -hmm. as a coach. And should it be something you, our audience, typically the more time crunched style athlete, is it something you should be super concerned about? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of direction we could go with this. We'll try to keep it fairly concise, but we figured we needed to talk about it since mm -hmm. it is at the forefront right now, especially with the PTO European Championship this weekend, I mean, everybody's wondering who's doping. And it's, and I guarantee you that the person who wins this, this weekend, male and female, well, one, they're going to be tested. But two, everyone's going to be like, are they doping? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Can we be confident in it? Yeah, right? All right, let's get to it. I'm Coach Dale Sanford. I'm Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our Five Pillars coaching system, which has been developed over how many years now, Dale? 14. If you want to find out more about BPC, you can go to buildpeakcompete.com. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube at Build Peak Compete and all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. You went long form. You know, I just, just threw it in there. All right. So to catch everyone up, Colin Chartier, who won the US, the PTO US Open and Ironman Montreblanc last year, was recently popped for, for doping using EPO which is the most blatant form of doping in all of endurance sports. And so he has now received a three-year ban and everyone's up in arms about it. But like, like Brian said, like if you're a cyclist, you're like, ah, oh, okay, another person got popped for doping. But if you're a triathlete, it hasn't, it hasn't happened in a while. And now mm -hmm. everybody's like, oh yeah, we have to talk about this again mm -hmm. at some point. I think one of the things is that you, you really shouldn't be shocked about this. Like, yep. Take, take any, and we were kind of talking about this right beforehand, like take any area where there is a big incentive 
to cheat. Cha-ching. And there is going to be a percentage of the population that is going to take some measures that aren't allowed in order to reap that reward. You know, like Vegas. Vegas has cheaters. People that are trying to make money by beating, you know, beating the house. They're cheating. In business, you're going to find folks that will cheat, that will do things that aren't allowed, that aren't, that are frowned upon. But when the reward, and especially now in the day of like social media, where becoming an influencer is just such as a big lucrative. thing, yeah. and just if not more lucrative, right? You, the people that stand to gain a lot from it, you're going to have a percentage that that do that. Just look at the Liver King, man. Yeah, <laughs> let's look at Liver King. That's going to be if you have not. Followed that doping saga. I mean, if you ever believed that that dude was not just shooting himself up every single day, you are naive. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. So, So we'll pause right now so you can Google Liver King (laughs) and then then press play again. (laughs) Yeah. So, you, you really shouldn't be shocked because the PTO and Ironman are both putting up you know, we did a video on prize money for mm-hmm. this last year, millions of dollars in, in prize money. And so there's a lot to gain, to be gained by winning these races or doing well. So, yeah, I mean, there's reason for people to consider it mm-hmm. if they're already not honest people, you know. Yeah. Well, I think if we kind of go back to the, like we mentioned, the cycling world is like... There was the saga, you had the Lance Armstrong, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to know about Lance Armstrong. Even before that, you had a bunch of doping scandals that were happening. Yeah. So there was doping scandals before Lance won his first, first Tour de France. So it had been prevalent and it became, I think, and this kind of goes to how do you fix this, but it became part of the culture. And the reason Lance Armstrong got busted was not from testing positive late in his career it was the people around him ended up saying hey here's what happened here's how he did it and we were all doing it also it was it was expected of us like it was such a part of the culture and as soon as you get into the mindset of other people are doing it to get ahead and i think that's the most dangerous part that you know the triathlon folks are in right now if they're everyone's now going okay well who else is doing it? And is this now what I have to do to get ahead or to be on a level playing field? Then, you know, morally, a lot of these people justified it as I'm not breaking the rules. I'm essentially playing by the unwritten rules of the game. Yeah, it, you know, I guess, yeah, Lance passed every single test. Besides the one that early on where he apparently paid off the well, UCI yeah. to cover up. <laughs> but more or less, <laughs> yeah. passed every test. So that, you know, that's a whole part of the conversation is, is the testing good enough? So apparently we looked not. up PTO. We just looked up the PTO and there... There's very little information on their, their anti-doping program. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will throw out some kudos to Ironman because Ironman is one of the only organizations, non-governing body organizations that has gone through all of WADA's requirements. They, they fulfill all of WADA's requirements as far as an organization goes. And they are doing the bulk 
of the out of competition testing in pro triathlon right now. It it appears based on the information that's out there that the PTO and I mean it, clash and you know, challenge. I, I can't imagine they're doing any out of competition P- testing. PTO we, when I just looked it up said they have one person in their company that handles it all. And it sounds like, and I could be wrong on this, but it sounds like this was their response to this guy getting busted. Sounds like their response was they test every athlete that's going to compete in an event the week of the race, so right before, and they do 10 female, 10 males post-race. Probably the top 10. No no other out-of-competition stuff was listed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so... You know, if you watch any of Lionel Sanders videos, he's, he's brought up a lot of, if you go watch the last like two or three videos he's put up, because one, he was, he was really, really upset about the whole thing happening. And then he probably had one of the, the best explanations for the utility of sport I've ever heard. And this was just genuine Lionel on camera, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Basically, he's saying that if you if you're putting all of your worth in the sport on your end result, the money you've made, that sort of thing, you're missing the point. The point is to give it everything you have and see if you have what it takes to be the best there is. And if you do give everything you have and you don't have what it takes, that's fine. But you you're equal to that person who did win the championship because you both gave everything you had to put into the sport. You did, and one person just came out on top. Mm-hmm. There's only one winner. I mean, so yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of a tangent, but he also and, throws out a lot of good ideas as far as what should be done. We'll talk a little bit about Lionel too. Like he was training with the guy who got. Yeah, Colin was his story is important in the greater context of this. Yeah, and in the last video he put put out, he posed a really good question, which was, "Hey, this guy lived with me for whatever it was two months. We did every training session together. The our coach, our shared coach, was here with us for a lot of that. Why am I not under scrutiny?" Mm-hmm. They put out a statement saying that they did an investigation and I wasn't even contacted. Coach wasn't even contacted. It, it, even McCall was was surprised that there was an investigation. He wasn't contacted. You would think those would be the first two people that you would talk to. So that that goes into like what's really being done. Like Exactly. Like as far as an investigation or are they just trying to like get this off of their plate so everybody forgets about it and we go back to just thinking that this never happens. And who's the who's the who did the investigation? I didn't catch that part. I believe it was it's not WADA, right? No, it's like from what I understand, Ironman has an independent testing agency that they they hire. Okay. But that agency is also fully up to standards of what WADA standards. Okay. So WADA being the world anti-doping agency, Correct. for those who aren't sure. Yeah. So, you know, is, are we doing enough? The, you know, it's a big question. Is, is, is there enough being done to prevent this? And I mean, honestly, I, I don't think so. But the, pro- the problem right now is that 
the testing protocols and and whatnot are not ahead of the doping practices. Mm-hmm. Well, There's, that's why Lance Armstrong was able to pass so many tests. You know, he always highlighted that he was the most tested athlete in any sport over the last, what, seven years. Yeah. And he passed every single one, but he was essentially, I didn't even realize this is what they were doing. I was under the assumption of if you're taking steroids or EPO or any of these these banned substances, they show up in your bloodstream in your or in your blood, in your urine for, I would assume, weeks. But it turns out they Not were the doing micro dosing, very small amounts that became undetectable. You know, I don't know what the, the, the lifespan of it is. We were, we were starting to do a little research on that, but they were doing micro dosing to where it wouldn't show up if you were tested a day later, two days later, but you'd still receive the benefit from it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times they were saying that you you are dosing it even weeks out and that way that the the red blood cells can fully mature and you're getting the full benef- benefit of it. But the testing, I wasn't, I'm not sure if it was blood or I think it's a urine test. The urine test can't even find anything that's older than like four days mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, that's where it becomes a problem, you know, for the PTO. If they're only testing the week prior and right after the race, but you can benefit from taking illegal banned substances the months the entire off season the all of the out of out of competition a time where a big bulk of your training goes into it and if it can be gone in 2 weeks 3 weeks 4 weeks you're still going to receive a massive training stimulus sure from that yeah yeah i mean the benefits of epo are out outstanding i mean that's why it is like now the most blatant form of cheating there is you know one of the questions we were talking about is are they are they testing it enough I mean, we we kind of touched on that already but the one i don't think they are testing enough but that goes into a way further conversation about the expense of mm-hmm. testing i mean coach johnny is he basically gets out of competition testing once or twice a quarter and he has to, he's on the, the USADA or whatever it is, whereabouts program. Same thing with Seth Ryder. Before we started the podcast, I messaged Seth, just, you know, just ask him like, are you on the, the whereabouts program? And so they, they have to basically tell WADA or USADA where they're going to be at all times. All times. Yeah. So that they can, they can actually test them out of competition mm-hmm. anytime they want. The other the other day, uh, Johnny, the other day, got a knock on the door at 8 a.m. and had to give a sample. Mm-hmm. And it can be considered doping if you are not where you're supposed to be. I don't remember how many. I, you may get one pass, but I don't even know if you get that. It's um, like being on house it, arrest. It's, yeah, it's essentially if you're not there to be tested, then that is considered a violation as though it was a positive test. So I think that goes, I think that helps for sure. Like. I, if someone's always thinking, I could be tested right now, I could be tested tonight, I could be tested tomorrow morning. Like, if, if they know that there's always a chance they could be d- tested, then I think that goes a long way in prevention. I mean, you can't test someone every single day. There's no financial means to make that happen. But not knowing when you could get tested, I think that 
is definitely a big step forward, which is something that cycling's been doing now for, I guess, post Lance Armstrong, even before Lance Armstrong's issues. Yeah, there. I remember a lot of of the pro cyclists, you know, even before Lance got busted, mm-hmm. you know, just like throwing a, throwing something up on Twitter or whatever, saying, "Oh yeah, I got the knock on the door this morning," and yeah. you know, I'm I'm in my like house in Spain, and all of a sudden somebody's knocking on the door mm-hmm. wanting a pee sample. And I think that goes. I mean, you still hear about you know cyclists testing positive. Back then, everyone was saying, and we had this discussion back when it was so prevalent, but everyone was saying, like, everyone in cycling's doped up. Like, look at the number of people who test positive. But cycling was the sport that was actually doing all of this stuff, that was doing a ton of testing, that was testing outside of competition, that was doing very random testing. It's like they, they were trying to clean up the sport. If you take, like, UFC back in its infancy... <laughs> How many of those guys were dope to the gills? Like, I mean, even even the the giant sports like like baseball and basketball and football. Like, come on, like, Mark McGuire's head grew eight sizes. <laughs> I mean, those <laughs> like those sports guaranteed they do some testing, and I'm sure there are some positives that get popped here and there. You don't hear about them unless somehow it leaks to the press and the press throws it all over the place. Those those big sports don't want that stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. When I was playing college basketball, I want to say maybe we had two urine samples a year that we did. And it would be like they wouldn't tell you. You'd get a call saying you got to be here in 30 minutes kind of thing. But... I mean, never was it in the summertime. Like, so if someone was in the off season or is currently, I don't know what the current standards are, but it's definitely not up to the same level as what cycling is at yeah. or where triathlon's probably going to end up going more yeah, so, right? Yeah. So like the, the big thing is that the, the risk of getting caught mm-hmm. has to be greater than the risk or the then the reward of cheating and winning right yep. so you know how do we do that one i think i think anybody who gets caught blatantly using epo should have a lifetime ban They're, lifetime they, sh- they yep. should not be able to compete this this there was this the what's her name bridget mcmahon the 2000 olympic gold medalist from where is she from brazil maybe switzerland sorry she's from switzerland she way off, way, way <laughs> off. <laughs> I was just reading, I was reading the triathlete magazine article on that. They were just basically saying, this is not like the first time guys. Yeah. Like, so a Bridget McMahon, she gets popped, wins a gold medal in 2000 and gets popped, serves her ban and then comes back in 2013 as an age grouper and wins, continues to win every race she ever enters for like four years. And then she like, and then she wins or she's like on the podium at the like world championships in her fifties. Like, why was she ever able to race again? Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. Like you're sorry and stuff like that, but okay, find another sport. Like there, there should be, if you love this sport that much, then that love 
means there is a high risk, like a, a, a big, the consequence is massive for you mm-hmm. to get caught and then you might not do it. 100% agree. And I think if it hits you in your pocketbook as well. It's the other side of it. Like there's one thing, yeah, you get, you get banned. Okay, you can't make future money, but what about all the money you've now stolen from other people who either didn't get the contract that you got, that you got, didn't get the spot on the team that you got, didn't get the race winnings that you got. You have now stolen a bunch. If you go and steal stump something from the store, you have to give that back. Like there needs to be some repayment of what was taken by your cheating. And that is a that's one of the big things right now with that a lot of the other professionals are bringing up as far as Colin's case specifically because they raced against him and he won a $100,000 prize purse at the US PTO Open. And when you're like stepped, you know, they I think that race pays, I think it pays 30 deep. I think PTO pays 30 deep in all those races. But a step down, a place down is tens of thousands of dollars at the top end, you know? So that's a huge, huge amount, even though he swears he wasn't doping, even though that's the race that he won where everyone was like, whoa, this guy came out of nowhere. Anytime you say that, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there should be some scrutiny there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but, you know, there should be. And I guarantee you triathlon is going to be thinking that way going forward. And that's the bad thing about someone doing this. So if you're someone who is pouring your life into it to compete at a high level or whatever level you're at, but you're pouring your financial resources, you're sacrificing a ton, you want to know that your result is based on an even playing field. Sure. Right? And that's one of the big issues that that you know we we deal primarily with more you know, more of your age group folks more of your folks who have jobs you know we our intro talks about time crunched athletes you know those are the people that we're dealing with but they're pouring a lot of stuff into this they're hiring coaches like we're their their coach they want to get better they want to see how great they can become how high they can go which is ultimately i think you need to get most of your value from that not how you competed against any one person But what really pisses us off is if that person we're coaching, who's doing all the things right, who's doing this balancing act, who's paying money to us as coaches, and they're going out there and they're getting beat by someone who they see is like, like, how is that person so strong? He's 10 years older than I am. Like, how is he able to drop hammers in that cat three race? And I'm getting shelled off the back when that person takes off. Well, now they're questioning their training. They're questioning themselves. They're questioning, like, should they even continue to try to be competitive in this sport? Like, it hits close to home on the age group side of things, too. Yeah. I mean, the the question of should you be worried about age group doping, you know, that that comes up pretty quickly as well. Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for the pros and a lot of the pros now that it's happened and it's at the forefront, everyone has to take a stand or, you know, even if if you're quiet about it, it seems like you're, you know, 
guilty of something for being Complicit, quiet about yeah. it. And then, and then, you know, some of, some people are arguably maybe a little more up in arms about it than they should be. But I think if a person knows they would be ostracized from the entire community that they are essentially within, you know, we talk about the triathlon community and that's part of the great thing about it. If you know you're going to get caught, not only are you going to get banned, not only do you have to pay, pay back what has earned or what has been earned, even if it's after when you tested positive, because that's, that's how it is now. Like you forego results from the point you t- were tested, what the positive test was, you essentially lose the stuff after that. So if you were to compete again afterwards, those get wiped. In general, that's like the rule. Yeah, you have to pay back the... But what if everything before that happened also? Like all your results before that were wiped clean, forfeited, money earned. Like I know in some cases you're going to have, you know, people don't have the money to pay it back. Well, what do you do there? But don't do that it. could happen. Like don't do it, right? Don't do very it. very well happen. Lance Armstrong had a lot of... A lot of cases out there suits against him in the tune of tens of millions of dollars for his doping that that he was doing i think that's a strong incentive number one that number two is if the community around you takes a massive stand and and turns you into an outcast if you're the one caught like the culture is so against it that i think that makes the person who may be on that slippery slope of if i got an extra five percent I could make it, but is it worth it to make it and then be hated by everyone if I yeah. get caught? Like, is that worth it or not? And I think, th- and that's a big reason why we're talking about it and mm-hmm. putting out a podcast on it because it it pisses us off that there are not not. I mean, it's it's more understandable, even though totally unacceptable. More understandable for professionals who have like a reason to or they they have a lot to gain from it. They have a lot to gain by doping and winning. It makes absolutely freaking zero sense why an age grouper would dope when there's little to no money involved, no reward other than your jollies of I stood on the top of a podium. Like it makes absolutely no sense, but it, folks, it does happen. Like there oh, Yeah. And and Arguably, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of age groupers out there who are doping and don't know it. Whole other podcast, but there, you know, in our sense, this goes into like his coach, McCall Eden. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's kind of beating him to death right now. Like, shouldn't you have known that he was doping? You see his numbers. Although he kind of put out a statement saying like, I don't, I don't, I just give him a program and expect them to do it. Like, arguably not a lot of coaching involved there, but... Well, now skeptics are going to look at him, too, and be like, oh, are you sure? That's a problem, too. What's all the stuff he's saying? Is that... He's going to be put under the, you know... But, again, he said, I don't... I wasn't talked to about this investigation, but should he have known? Like, he made some good points. Like, I I don't know. I've never seen anybody's data or improvements or increases when they're on EPO, like I've never been involved in anything like that. So like, there's no, there's not like studies out there showing like, is it 3%? Is it how beneficial EPO can be? Mm -hmm. It depends on the doses you take apparently. And 
you know, he even he even said like Collins numbers, his increases weren't astronomical. Like, I just thought I was a good coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, he would say, he's like, now I'm. I thought he was responding to the training well. Like, <laughs> yeah. now I'm questioning whether my plan is even that good. Uh-huh. You know, that sort of thing. So, like, I, I, it's hard to say whether you would know if someone's doping, what, unless you spend a ton of time with them. That's kind of the, like, the weird thing is in the timeline of how things went down, was Colin doping when him and Lionel and McCall were all like training together where McCall would have had eyes on him a lot more mm-hmm. and maybe could have picked up on some things there. But when you're, when it's a remote relationship, that's really, really tough to pick up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in in our cases, like we have a lot of athletes, we don't ever see mm-hmm. like throughout the year at all. So like, some of the visual things that you might pick up if somebody was like on testosterone or whatever, like you would never, you wouldn't know that you mm-hmm. would, you don't see them visibly. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know, you don't see that they're losing weight and leaning out and all this stuff. You know, they're hitting their training and saying they feel great. Yeah. You just feel like a really good coach. Yeah. They're doing, yeah. You feel like they're doing what they're supposed to do. That's usually what happens when somebody like does the work, they mm-hmm. get better. Yeah. Yeah. Like some, Protection that, or not, I won't say protection, like one of the things that we do on our end is our, any new athlete, we have our questionnaire and one of the questions, it goes to the point you mentioned before, like people may be taking stuff that they don't even know is banned. And so like as coaches, we feel there's a responsibility for number one, our athletes to tell us what they're taking, using prescriptions. I mean, there's prescriptions for everything these days. A lot of folks probably wouldn't realize that Sudafed is not allowed for in competition. So, you know, if you, if you take that and compete, you could test positive as more of these, what, youthful rejuvenation, whatever you want to call it, hormone doctors, right? You got a lot of folks who maybe weren't in the cycling world or triathlon world. And them and all their buddies are taking testosterone to, to be at the normal levels, because they were low level. Although low, a whole other conversation. Low for twenty is <laughs> yeah not something you should be when you're sixty, for example. But there are folks who don't know, just don't know that doing that is a violation. Like you cannot put testosterone yeah, in so- your body. And not trip a positive. When like, we that's doping, when we take on a new client, they one they sign a thing that says they are they are not taking anything and will not take anything that is banned in or out of competition. Mm-hmm. And if they do, they will go through the the steps to get a TUE, a, a therapeutic use exemption. They'll go through those steps to do that. So they are agreeing to that. Mm-hmm. And then, like Brian said, they also are required to list out. Any and every med- medication. If you are unsure, yeah, let us know what you're and doing. And then we take that and we literally go on globaldro.com if you've not used it. If you're on anything and you want to know if it is or isn't, you can go on globaldro.com. Globaldro.com. Yep. And you can check within your sport if what you're taking is banned in or out of competition or both. And so we'll take those lists and we will we'll check all that stuff. And if there is a banned substance, 
then we will notify them of that. And if it's something that they are required to take by a doctor, we'll go through the steps to get a TUE. And if it's something that is, you know, maybe optional, then we basically say to them, look, you have to stop taking this. Like we can't yeah. have a coach relationship with you if you're on this. You cannot Nor can race. You be competing. Yeah. You cannot race using this. Mm-hmm. So if you plan to race and you plan to keep doing this, then we just won't, we won't have our, we won't coach you. It's just, we, we are not. And we willing. highlight the fact that all of the consequences that could come from them deciding to do that correct on their own, even though we won't take them on. Like, hey, if you want to be ostracized from the community, you know, there's, it, it's just not worth what you may gain from it. And it is a tough conversation to have with some people who, again, don't necessarily think they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. They've been instructed medically, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I get that. But in the sport that you're choosing to do, this is not legal. So mm-hmm. we have some decisions to make here. I think that is extremely common out there, especially in guys, age group guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, you, if you're in that boat, just think about what you're doing because if you do in fact get tested and get popped you're you're done with the sport for at least a while mm-hmm. and all the all of the the kudos and accolades that you got from the people thinking you were so strong and it's that goes away it's fake <laughs> it was all fake and then everything you you know you've said prior to that comes under a microscope and so i mean that's a that's you know, th- that's kind of the big thing right now with in the pro ranks is that, you know, uh, no, uh, I'm not upset that this happened because it needed to happen to then spark more conversation, more testing, more investment in testing and making our sport fair. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's, it drives me nuts that I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand, like mentally don't get it why people choose to cheat like i understand money's great but there's a lot of ways to make money like mm-hmm. i i get you know i i bet i'm sure that somebody like lionel or eric lagerstrom or whoever they're making more money on their youtube channels than they made winning a pto <laughs> open mm-hmm. but you know a hundred thousand dollar one day payout is pretty good all those pros need to think like if if you start having a, a scandal or continued scandals, that money starts going away too. If interest in the sport wanes, like people aren't, don't believe the outcome, then there's no reason to pay attention to the, to the sport. Like there's no reason to put eyeballs on a race if you're going to question the outcome regardless of how it, how it ends up. And with that comes a loss in money going into the sport. So you know, all those, all those pros, I think the pros need to be hyper active about their condemnation of this and their desire for increased testing, increased measures to yeah. help prove clean sport. I mean, Lionel had a pretty good suggestion, which was take some of this, this massive payout that PTO is doing, take 20% of it and put it toward testing and make all of the data that they come, that they get from testing public, public data to where mm-hmm. anybody can go and look and say, Lionel was tested this day after this race or 
out of competition this day, this time, like, and just see how many times, you know, anybody could go in there and see when somebody was tested mm-hmm. and then see if somebody was, you know, popped a positive and just have that transparency public, in it. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then, you know, he even said he was considering doing some of his own testing and then like, or just posting all of his results. I remember when Lance Armstrong was coming back to race the tour again after his retirement and he said how he was going to be doing all that. He was going to do the biological passport and within, I, and I'm going to get this wrong, I just thought about it, but within a certain amount of time, he stopped doing all that. Yeah. Well, they, you know, <laughs> and there's a lot of pros that don't, don't even share any of their data. They don't even put anything out there. No power, no nothing. No Strava, yeah. no nothing. You'll never find anything on them. You know, and he was saying, like, why doesn't everybody just throw their data up on like a read-only mm-hmm. version of Strava or training or whatever? And that way you can see everything, you know, you don't have to see their sessions or anything, but see the data and you can, you know, see if they're putting out crazy, crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, just anything to, to increase transparency in the sport. Mm-hmm. I think that helps. It would help a ton. Plus, I like looking at data. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like it? If you have, like, if you guys have any other... uh, Yeah, what's your take? Comments. Yeah, like, if you have ideas, like, I think there needs to be a a vast amount of ideas coming from the triathlon community. Mm -hmm. There's there's so many things that could could happen. Obviously, limited resources can make or break a lot of ideas. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there's things out there that people haven't thought about yet or somebody has, you know, mm-hmm. bring them to the forefront. And to, to the age groupers, like hopefully you took from this, the fact that you should go to globaldro.com and like put in, if you are taking any medications over the counter or not, put it in, like be safe, be safe on your end. Not knowing is not an excuse like that. Is- I was once told by a judge. <laughs> that Twice. not knowing is not a defense yeah so be aware like know what's going on and that way you don't fall victim to this unintentionally because that's you know we, we obviously would not want that either i will close with this to all the age groupers out there do not put all of your joy in your results mm-hmm. you're missing the point if you're if all of your joy from triathlon or cycling or whatever comes from you stepping on podiums or winning age group awards or anything like that. If all of your joy comes from that kind of thing, you're missing the point. And those feelings are so temporary. As soon the as shortest. you have that feeling of standing on the podium, by the, the next day, you're already thinking, okay, you know, like what's next? What's my next thing? Like that joy is small. If you don't love the process and the training and the community and the, and the work and the trying to get better each day and seeing how good you can become, you versus you, yeah, like Dale was saying, you're, you're not going to have the joy you should or the benefit from, pull from the sport what, what you should. The struggle is the reward. Mm-hmm. Struggle well, my friends. All right. All right, guys. We appreciate you guys hanging out, listening, watching. We'll check you guys next time. Adios. Peace.